Hello and welcome to the Centre for Public Impact podcast series coming to you today from the One Team Gov Global Unconference. Hi, I'm Jenny. I'm here at the One Team Gov Global event. Welcome to the Centre for Public Impact podcast. I'm going to take you through what we're doing here today. I'm at the moment I'm on the ground floor where we've just had a great big session with all of our attendees so we're about 700 people today and what we did was crowdsource effectively the content for today it's how an unconference works we don't make up the session topics in advance we say bring your ideas vote on them in the room and we make an agenda live at the time so at the moment i'm standing in front of a big wall where we've got 14 different rooms and five times against them so that you can have 14 different sessions running throughout the day. The sessions about trust, about empowerment, about standing out as a woman in government, about breaking down barriers. And these will go on on the fourth floor where we'll go up in a minute. The idea is that you can move between the different sessions even during the one session and experience a whole different conference. And that, I think, is the beauty of unconferences, that no one will have the same event as anyone else because you bounce around, you have different conversations and it's not death by PowerPoint but a very immersive and a different kind of experience really. I'm Kit Collingwood, I'm a co-founder of One Team Gov. My name's James Reeve and I'm a co-founder of One Team Gov. How, Kit and James, can you have an unconference conference, Kit? Well, unconference is a spontaneously created conference where the emphasis is on democracy of voice. So we spontaneously create their agenda and then everybody is free to enjoy it as much as anybody else is, rather than having some speakers and some listeners. So we think that everybody's voice is equally worthy. James, you've just introduced the breakout sessions. Am I allowed to use the word breakout session or is it all one big session? I think you can use whatever you like. That's the beauty of the session. People have been asking us all day, should I wear jeans? Is it okay to wear sandals? All kinds of questions. And the beauty is, anything goes really. It's all about making the day what you want. If in the middle of the day people decide we shouldn't do sessions anymore because it's too hot, we'll go out to the park and do something else there instead. Kit, just tell us what was happening on each floor of the Queen Elizabeth II Centre. Well, here on the ground floor, we've got the park. So this is everybody's play and create space. And we're doing different activities here through the day. On the second floor, we've got our marketplace and our refreshment area. So at any point, you can go there for spontaneous conversation and food and drink. And then on the top floor, on the fourth floor, we've got the unconference. So that's where you go and have structured conversations with your peers right from across the world and swap best practice and great learning. And uh, James, you've just introduced the sessions, everything from AI to econometrics. Can you just take us through the sessions? No, but if you check out the session grid on <laughs> otgg.info, then you'll be able to see all the sessions that we talked about. And we're also going to put notes up so that anybody who uh, wants to look at that after the date can read everything that was discussed. So it's all open and we publish it all for everybody to read. But it's a very wide-ranging conference today, isn't it? In the sense of you're covering the topics that governments globally are having to delve into and grapple with. And this is about breaking down the silos and the borders between those countries because we're all at our best when we come together and today is an opportunity to do that. And Kit, 700 people here today. Tell us how you started. It's grown and grown, one-team government. 
It has. It's grown organically and we couldn't predict how big it could be. We just had a really simple idea about ignoring any silos that divide us and trying to come together. And really from then it's just self-selecting people who found passion for our mission and want to join us with it. So it's amazing that it's grown without any mandate or force. And have you been able to count the number of countries present? There's a big contingent from Canada, but a lot from elsewhere too. Yeah, we've got 43 countries signed up today. And we're just drawing the flags up now so that everyone can see that. It's amazing to have people here from literally all over the world. And then James, how do you feed this back into government? Or is that a, a crass question? It's not crass at all. Everybody here is of the government, whether they are civil servants, uh, they might be contractors, they care about making public services better for the people that they serve. And so we think that by helping each person to think a little bit differently, to learn something or to feel more positive, they can feed that back into their, their everyday job. That's no. all we ask that they do. But is the driving force behind this technology, it's technology that's changing how government is delivered, it's technology that allows you to link across borders? Yep, so technology is obviously a massive change factor, but we believe that people are the force for change and not technology. So technology enables us to be different, but it's up to us to harness it and be grown up about the risks and the opportunities presented. So yeah, it does make the world different, but we're the ones who make it really different. Technology? But people uh, it's all about people because if we can't change ourselves then we can't change the technology that we use and you deliberately haven't got eminent speakers you're letting it grow organically from the bottom up it's about the ethos yeah so we believe that all of the problems that government has are solvable from within government so what we're trying to do is amplify the everyday voices who've got great ideas rather than assume that people are going to present those ideas back to us assume that if we crowdsource from within we'll be able to make government better ourselves do you think by being grassroots up you'll connect with people? I think what we can do is bring people together. I find that people in one team government are motivated by a sense of public service. So our hope from this movement is that by coming together about these ideas, all of which have got an element of humility to them, we find it within ourselves to better connect to citizens and that should increase the legitimacy of government. That's the hope. Okay, well thank you. You've given your time generously as organisers, if I dare call you that. But <laughs> Where do people find you? What handle and where will people be able to read up about this afterwards? You can find us at our website, which is oneteamgov.uk. You can find us on Medium at oneteamgov. And you can find us on Twitter at oneteamgov. That's just a selection. We're also on LinkedIn, we're on YouTube, and we hold regular events. And you'll find us all over the world, probably wearing a oneteamgov t-shirt or lanyard. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, Jenny, thank you for being the voice of the Centre for Public Impact podcast series here at the One Team Government Unconference Conference. You've described what's happening very eloquently. Perhaps you will take us out of the room we are in, which is called the park, and lead us to some of the other. I would call them, as someone who's used to PowerPoint, breakout sessions, but perhaps they're not breakout sessions in an unconference? Yeah, it's a good way of thinking of it. Yeah, we just call them sessions and they'll be in different rooms, but a breakout room is kind of the most logical way of thinking of it if you're used to a normal conference, exactly. It's, it's funny because the idea of not having an agenda in advance if you haven't been to one of these, kind of throws people. I was telling my mum what I'm doing today earlier, and she 
just said, but how do you get anybody to come if you didn't tell them what they're going to talk about in advance? And no big footing, because there's no No. great names on the board for which everybody is waiting for them to speak. No, exactly. There's no come to the keynote speaker or anything. It doesn't work like that. It's a, a whole new idea, but it really does get people engaged. And we have... I mean, quite a good presence online, so a lot of people know what we're up to. Um, and, yeah, Twitter gets everybody engaged, really, I think is the answer. Everybody sees it online and, and thinks, oh, this is fun, we'll come and do this. Why did you volunteer, personally? You're in charge of the volunteers, but why did you volunteer? Oh, because I take part in One Team Girl Breakfast every week, and for me it's where I get my inspiration and energy and all the ideas that kind of energise my day job and... So I really wanted to be part of this, to make it a big event for everybody to take part in and to be included in. I volunteer with Crisis at Christmas, so every Christmas I organise 100 plus volunteers running a homeless shelter. So I thought, you know, running uh, 140 volunteers for 700 people is a double. It's not. But uh, that's why I thought I'd lend that bit of my skills to getting this to happen. And your day job is? My day job is in DFE, Department for Education Digital. I do comms and things like recruitment and culture and over there. So if we were going to go to an unconference, non-breakout, breakout session, where would you lead me now? Should we ah, go up so the let's stairs? Let's go up to the fourth floor. Let's go and have an explore and see what we can see. We've just come from the ground floor where it was yoga and play. Mm. Is the fourth floor going to be very intense with everybody swapping ideas? Yes, so it's, at the moment it's where all the people are really. We've got a few people left in the park doing this sort of breakout activities. The kind of more chilled, as you say, yoga and we're going to have knitting and language classes there later. But so the fourth floor will be at the moment where all the people are. So I'm expecting a bit of a buzz. There's 14 rooms up here and this is a little bit of a rabbit warren. I'm Hadley Beeman. And what have you been discussing, Hadley? We've been discussing the nature of the policy profession. I'm Dan Barrett. Yeah, policy, search, data, problems, how to fix them. Alex Blanford has been talking about how you can deal with data in different silos and how you can find something useful outside of websites. Hello, I'm Paul Downey. Blimey, I've been boring my friends about tree preservation orders. (laughs) And, And is there a link between tree preservation orders and data well of course yeah, yeah. <laughs> there should perhaps be more of a link how that's definitely a poll question oh well it's just i kind of i'm just fascinated by uh, how the most boring things have the biggest impact sometimes and, and i was just saying about trying to raise fixing some of the most boring things to the level of policy is really hard because they're not exciting tree preservation orders are not exciting they're really important. Yeah, of course they are. And what have you been delving into? Oh, same thing, just listening to these wise heads, you know, and, and nodding. And, and does the idea and concept work? You've just come together, no one's organised you to come together, but here you are discussing data policy and your relevant fields. Yes, I think it works very well, because it gives people a space to have these discussions. I think as well, a lot of us have been doing this for a few years, and so it's it, it would be awkward to schedule this as a meeting without a, uh, an agenda, but somehow, as long as we're here at an unconference, it's much more acceptable for us all to sit here and blab on for an hour about something tangential to our day jobs. Well, definitely. I mean, we're, we're in the corridor track, as it's called, because if you put me into a room to talk about AI or blockchain, I might get quite angry. And uh, so to sit here with some friends and who wouldn't normally see my day job, but work in Parliament or other parts of government. It's really helpful, and you know that's the essence of one team gov is the relationships across people across government. So, 
you know, that's why we're here. And no PowerPoint. PowerPoint? My goodness, Never. I haven't seen PowerPoint in years. Um, no, no, not at all, no. no. Anything else strikes you? Because the normal way would be for you to sit in an audience and PowerPoint to stimulate your brain. Yeah, I mean, there were some slides. There was a theme tune as well. I thought that was really good at the beginning. I'm quite impressed. I think whoever put that together has a real future. Any final thoughts on the structure of today? We've all between us organised meetups, unconferences, meetings with industry and stakeholders that have gone up to you know they've gone between 10 and 200 people one of the interesting things about today is scaling that and taking taking a set of discussions that can often be a bit parochial and peculiar to the british context and saying actually there is a global challenge in delivering public services in an age of the internet and, and an age of increased expectations and a crisis of democratic legitimacy the fact that people are thinking about this is vital and the fact that they're thinking about it beyond the boundaries of their own context is essential and this is a good place for that to happen. The international dimension is interesting. I've spoken to people from Korea and Canada and that's been really fun. Uh, had a little bit of that from other bits of government work but it's quite fun to meet people in a more informal setting. So we've just come out of the lift, we're on the fourth floor, and you've peeped onto the whiteboard of the Wesley Room. What's going on, Jenny? So they're having a conversation about how you make policy making in a fast-paced world, which is really interesting. So a lot of people here are connected to government in one way or another, and as a civil servant, I look at that title and I think, oh, yes, because policy making is often quite a slow process, but we are shifting now to make it more iteratively, changing as we go along and not making it in the way that we used to sort of design a policy and then implement it like separately. Now you do a lot more testing and changing as you go along. So that's a really interesting discussion they're having there. And it is the what they're doing in the room is they're just they've got the chairs in a big circle and they're just having a chat. Well one more little peep into mm. another room here, the more room, as our fly on the wall documentary maker. Do you want to just go, I'll wait here while you peep? All right. Data and AI. Great. Well let's just go back down. Perhaps we can walk down the stairs this time. Let's yeah, have a look. We can do, we can do it. let's here we are. AI, that must be very relevant to your job too, Jenny. Yeah, I suppose it's permeating everything now, isn't it? And it's one of those things where you think, oh, that's the future, and you think, I know it's already in everything we're doing anyway. And you also, as you said, volunteer and get yourself down with the people, not just here at the One Team Government Conference, but, but, but also, as you said, with the homeless. Yeah, I do. Um, so this is something I do in a few different spaces, but as you say, I volunteer with Crisis at Christmas and I help run one of the centres there. I've been doing it for a few years and it was a really conscious choice, actually. When I started working in government, I started working for the Department of Work and Pensions and I thought that I didn't probably spend enough time talking to and understanding the experience of the people who we are helping. And people who are homeless are often there because they've been excluded from other services or um, they weren't able to access them for various reasons. So I very consciously spend time understanding what their experiences are like. And then I also do another volunteering thing on 
Saturday mornings very early around central London and you have conversations with people in a way that you you might not in your course of your daily life. So I wouldn't necessarily chat to a 40-year-old man living on the street when I'm rushing to work, but if I'm serving them tea and coffee, we'll have a chat and I get to know them a bit more. And that's, I think, an important part of Team Gov. Hi, I'm Jeff Outram. I'm with GC Collab in the Federal Government of Canada. Hi, I'm Lizzie Standing and I work for Bracknell Forest Council. Hi, I'm Andreas Samsler and I'm leading the Open Data Unit in the canton of Zurich, Switzerland. What have you been discussing? I've just seen you in little huddles. Come on, tell me. Um, I just had a discussion, this is Jeff Ocean from Canada, a discussion of how we brand and market um, something as simple as just the use of Twitter handles, uh, trying to penetrate countries with different languages. So in Canada we have French and English. The first kind of challenge we had is what is one team gov literally translated in French so it resonates with the francophones and that took some time and it was a big speed bump but we overcame it. How does that work and how are we going to share our lessons learned with countries with other languages and that will come up against the same challenges. Your discussions so far, have you been discussing delivery of government with people? Not so much. So we just had a discussion about working in the open using weak notes as a blogging mechanism. So this is where uh, civil servants or anyone, anyone who wants to publishes their thoughts once a week on how their working week has gone. And it's about making connections and um, having joined up discussions even when you don't work together on a daily basis. And what have you been discussing? I was discussing with Jeff actually um, uh, about like the, the language barriers that we are experiencing in Switzerland not only with French and German, but also Italian. And if we could even expand it to the, th the fourth uh, official language in Switzerland, which is called uh, Retromanic, similar to Romanian. And uh, so Switzerland has a, a long history of like, trying to bridge these different languages and cultures. I know that Canada has some of these similar challenges as well. So. And these discussions, they're being enabled by one team government here today at the Queen Elizabeth II Conference Centre in Westminster. But it's different talking face-to-face -face than through WhatsApp, isn't it? It is. Um, I, I, I've always, I literally run a digital platform in the Federal Public Service and I see it as an enabler of the time between physical interactions. Humans are tactile creatures. You need to see each other in person, shake a hand and get to know each other. It builds trust. That allows you to have a, the, the relationship where, call on me, you have access to my network of people. Um, and it's, all, it's just trust and getting to know folks. Any new names in your contacts book? Am I right to call it a contacts book? A LinkedIn, a WhatsApp group? Um, yes, definitely. I've met people from Australia, New Zealand, and it's all about making those connections that actually you wouldn't make you know, online because you might be too scared to talk to someone, but when you're thrown in a room and told to shuffle index cards around with your neighbour, you very quickly meet new people. Yeah, definitely as well. Um, I'm, I'm here to, to bring the world to Switzerland, so this is why I was reaching out, or am reaching out to the world. We maybe talk different languages, but I feel a lot of the same, like, attitude. And when Jeff said trust, that's attitude, trust, that's, that's what, what it's all about, I think. And has anybody going to own up to going to the yoga session, the, <laughs> the coffee for more stimulation session, or are you going to dive into AI and econometrics? 
there's a five hour time difference with Canada and I've only been here for 24 hours so I'm leaning on the coffee pretty hard and staying away from the yoga. I'm really looking to just kind of squeeze as much out of this one really special day as I can. I've really been looking forward to this for a while. The, just the energy and the potential in the room to support each other. We're getting away from the hierarchies of government, jurisdictions and responsibilities and saying what are the issues you work on? How do you find solutions or challenges and sharing? I find it quite daunting to stand here as the interviewer and look over my left shoulder to see people laying on the floor with a yoga teacher. <laughs> what about you? Yeah, definitely. Um, the yoga is not something I would want to do, but it's great that it's being enabled here. So there's lots of the sessions where you can have really good in-depth discussions or you can come down to the park and you know take some time out and connect with people in a different way. And it really stops government from being parochial, doesn't it? From thinking, well, I'm just catering to my citizens who pay the council tax here. You can think globally, and, and that's not a glib thing to say, thinking globally. No, not at all. I think if we want to make this world more joined up and we want government to work across borders, then we need to make these connections on a human level. Yeah, definitely. Apart from your question before um, about yoga, I'm more into the Lego later, but... I guess I will miss that as well because I like a lot to talk with people and that's what I can do here. All right, well, thank you for talking to me. Thank you very much for your time. James Arthur Cattell from the Department for the Environment, Food and Rural Affairs. James, you've got your shoes off, you're yeah. sitting on the floor. <laughs> Tell our audience what you're doing. Well, our wonderful colleagues from uh, One Team Gov Canada have just gifted us with some, some, <laughs> some lovely things. I've got socks here with different types of chickmunks in, in Canadian garb. <laughs> I guess that's the right word. And you're trying on socks on a very hot day? Yeah, well, I thought I'd put these socks on um, as, yeah, it's nice. I, I'm very much for gifts that have a practical purpose, and these certainly do. So. Okay, and you've just introduced all the sessions that people are now going to. Just take us through some of those. The socks look comfy. Oh, they're wonderful, yes. These are really nice. I don't know what they're made of, but they're very comfortable. Yeah, there's a really good mix of sessions up there for the session one that's from 10.30. I think there was a nice one about failure that I quite liked. One of the other things that I run is the United Kingdom government camp, which is similar to this, but it's on a sort of smaller scale. And we also hand out grants. One of the ones we handed out was to... Uh, library camp who are running a fantastic event called Fail Camp up in Manchester. So this is almost like a dry run of how do we talk about failure for that big event that's uh, next month, I think, yeah. And there's also AI, the future of AI, and econometrics, fairly yes. eclectic mix. Yeah, it's always like this. There was one uh, on conference I run where the pitch was uh, RSI, how to get it, how to get rid of it. So, yeah, there's always a really good mix of sessions. But uh, 700 people in the room today, Kit yeah. and James, one team government, have organised it. I'm not sure about any of my language used <laughs> in my questions because this is an upside-down, no-structure conference. Some people really do want to look at the future and swap stories about AI. Yeah, it's interesting you say on the structure, though. I went to talk about open space and unconferencing in China and somebody stood up and asked me, this sounds like chaos, but actually it's not. If you look at it, it's actually very structured if some, some some would even say more structured than a standard conference uh, because you have a certain number of rooms at a certain times and then you can just fill in there but yeah i think ai obviously it's big it's upcoming problems that we've been facing with uh, data issues like for example with facebook and cambridge analytica which kind of taints ai and, and maybe what it will hopefully become in the future 
but also econometrics, very important to the public services because that's where you get your money from, growth in the economy. Yes. So perhaps people do need to look at future trends and how you deliver government in no-growth economies. Yeah, and that is a good question for my policy and delivery <laughs> colleagues to try and fix. Um, I'm not an economist, but yeah, trying to grow the economy is obviously very important. So. And there's a lot of organisation uh, backstage today for today's event. Yeah, yeah, it's been fantastic. Um, we've got a massive crowd of people that have helped out, both in the kind of committee or like the, the main volunteers, and then sort of ancillary, the people that you see around today that have been helping. Yeah, it's, it's worked really well. Genuinely global, over 42 countries here. Yeah, it's fantastic. And we've already got uh, wanting of Canada and others that are already up and running. So yeah, the movement is spreading. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Centre for Public Impact podcast series. Today we're coming from the Wanting Gov Global Unconference.